This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the Dort Podcast. It's the Dort Podcast. Which Keith. It's the Dort Podcast. Hashtag. It's the Hashtag Dort Podcast. Shut up. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Hashtag Dork. My name is Rich Keefe, joined as always by Ryan Davey. Davey, how are you? I'm having a wonderful evening, Richard, and I hope you are having one also. It's gotten even better talking to you, my friend. Well, goddammit, I love to hear that. Isn't that a nice thing to say? We're starting out with some nice things because i got to mention, last week we were talking about uh, Justice League, obviously, and then it, it, it sprung into a conversation of who was faster, Superman or The Flash. You took to Twitter at D. And you put up a poll. Would you like to share the results? No, I don't. And I, I, I you're, you're a, a real son of a gun for bringing it up. Well, I do remember the results. Uh, and what it was, Ryan thinks Superman's faster. I think the Flash is faster. Davey, I'm not, I'm not going to speak for you, but basically your biggest argument was topography. Uh, I went more with Speed Force and you know history in the comics. And that's what the voters said as well. The audience said 70%. Of the uh, audience, voters said the Flash is faster. So I think the the prosecution yeah. rests. Yeah, I think, and you know what? It's uh, it's it's my fault because I think um, I didn't explain myself well enough. I'm not going to get into it now. Um, oh, okay. But I did. I think the argument is still there. It's still to be had. You know. I will give you. I, I would say this right now in the DCEU, that Superman is faster than that Flash. But, All I'm saying is he carried a goddamn apartment. He actually caught the Flash while holding an apartment building. Well, this Flash is a little shook right now. He's not super confident, and he doesn't really understand his powers. I mean, the guy's tripping. Yeah. He just falls all the time. Yeah. You got you to you admit that. You got to give me that one. <clears throat> so you're telling me the guy who trips over his own feet right. is going to beat Superman from Kansas yeah. to the West Coast, going over the Rocky Mountains and through, like, forests. I think he's gonna, once— He's going to beat him? Yeah, I think once he learns how to harness his powers, utilize the speed force, I think this son of a bitch is going to be the fastest man alive or right. alien you alive guys, or anything else. You know what? I concede. You win. Right. You guys win. Thank All you. right? You always do, you sons of bitches. This week in This is going to be a huge week in Hashtag Dork Ryan. As we are recording this, the Avengers Infinity War trailer has not been released, but I've, I'm willing to bet by the time most of you get around to listening to this, it may already be out. So if you haven't seen it, check at Dork Podcast. It's going to be released sometime on Wednesday. Again, we're recording this on a Tuesday night, so we haven't seen it yet. But, Ryan, we saw the new uh, poster. We tweeted that out at Dork Podcast. There's a bunch of Vanity Fair covers. There's like four different covers of the Avengers Infinity War stuff. But this is this is going to be the real deal. This is with so many trailers that come out now. Like I'm excited for a lot of them, but this one, which I'll admit I watched some of the bootleg one. It wasn't a great version that I saw. I'm pretty fired up to watch this trailer tomorrow. And I'm hearing reports that it's going to be tomorrow. So, as we record this on a Tuesday night, it'll be out Wednesday. I just it'll be said that. Out tomorrow. I just said that, you son of a you bitch. Said, you said as early as tomorrow. So, like, I'm telling you right now <laughs> that it is going to be tomorrow. We are being told. We are definitively. This, this just into the Dork News Desk. We have. Oh, we don't. Do we have breaking goose? We, Wait a minute. Yes. This will help. Now, a hashtag Dork News Flash. The Avengers Infinity War trailer has already been released by the time you are listening to this. Yes. How do you like that? That's good. Okay. Uh, but I am excited about it. Did you did you like the Vanity Fair covers at all? Did that do it for you? That wow you? Are you, you subscribe to Vanity Fair? I do now. Yeah. That's so no, that's I I liked I liked the groupings. I thought that was really cool cuz there's, you know, there's one, you know, who you not you might not really like, but then there's like two others that you're like, "Oh, that's cool." You know what I mean? So you have you know, uh, Spider-Man hanging over Star-Lord's head. Yeah, which, by you the know, way, how about that. Star-Lord being the only Guardian to get a little love there? 
There's no Gamora. This Gamora didn't make the didn't I didn't, make the cover. I didn't see her. I, and you know me, I could go for a lot of Gamora. Maybe she should get her own shoot. That's what I would like. But no, they didn't. They didn't have Gamora. The other thing, this was a big takeaway. We got a bunch of people tweeted us this as well. Was Thor apparently found his hammer and his eye? Yeah, I saw that. Well, you could tell too that they weren't in like full Marvel mode. You know, it was just Chris Hemsworth. So you can tell is just like doing the Thor thing. So he's his eye is back and his hammer. So it must be an old photo. And I think part of that too is you know Ragnarok's been out for a couple of weeks, but maybe they didn't want people. Like, oh, he's missing an eye. And, oh, where's his hammer? Like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's what they're guessing. I don't know. But I'm, I'm pretty excited for the whole thing. The, the uh, poster is pretty good, too. If you look at it, the first Avengers poster, uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, and this one are all pretty similar. But, but this one's got all the colors of the rainbow, meaning there's things that are different colors that are going to show up in this thing. That's you right. Know? That's right. Like the Infinity Stones. Mm-hmm. All six, so. all six of those bad bitches are going to be in there. Yep. So I'm excited for that. From Marvel to DC, Ryan, this is exciting comic book news. We mentioned it last week, but Doomsday Clock, the first of twelve issues, was released last week. This is their Watchmen, which is other. I mean, they're also DC, but like other DC characters, like the main DC characters, Justice League type mm-hmm. characters, sort of a crossover between the two. Did you have a chance to to read this first issue yet? I did not. No, I have not. Have you? I did. I, I picked it up, and I guess it's getting some uh, mix. I was talking with uh, with Uncle Buck or Comic Buck Guy about it, and actually we have even more from Comic Buck Guy coming up in just a moment, but he was saying it does feel like a little bit like a, like a money grab, and he's like, I kind of want to see where this goes, but... You know, it's hard to duplicate Watchmen, and you're trying to, you're trying to get that same kind of feeling of Watchmen. I liked it. I was entertained by the first. I think it really laid the groundwork to see where this goes. There's already some questions, a little bit of intrigue and mystery, perhaps. So Ooh. I'm I'm in on it. I, I recommend picking it up. I think it's like it's like five bucks an issue or whatever. But I would I would get it. Yeah, I'll get. I'll definitely pick that up for show. Now a couple of the shows I'm a little behind on, but I'm trying to keep up with our Arrow and the Flash. I've kind of given up on Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow, but I know a lot of people like those shows still. This is the week they're doing their crossover event. It's the Arrowverse, so all four shows. They're calling it Crisis on Earth X, and I think it started last night, again, as we record this, with uh, it was Arrow and Supergirl, maybe, and then The Flash and Legends are going to do it all together. These are pretty fun. They've been doing these the last couple of years, and you just get like 20 characters basically on the screen, and they have to work together. And so it's entertaining. Uh, you can email or tweet us your thoughts on this, but I am, I am trying to keep up with these bad boys. I know you've kind of lost touch with these shows. Yeah, I, you can't watch everything, Rich, as we say on the Dork Podcast. That's a great you know point. I mean? That's a tremendous yeah. point. Speaking of you can't watch everything, <laughs> uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 The Return. Season 1 is already on Netflix right now. I dip my toes in a little bit. I like it. It's you know it's Mystery Science Theatery. It's, it's, it's enjoyable. I did not watch all of the episodes, but news this week is... They did get picked up for a season two, so if you like that show, good news for you. Good news for you. And I, like I said, like you, I dipped my toes in it a little bit. Um, wasn't blown away. It had some funny parts. There's some funny people in there. So um, I love the old show. It's not as good as the old show, obviously. Agreed. But, right. Um, but it's still worth a watch if you got nothing else to do. Also on Netflix, Ryan, which, by the way, went up a buck this month. And I, yeah, yeah. I, had, to, I had to swallow that one. Yes. God damn it. But it went up a buck. But Netflix is, is making a Dark Crystal prequel. It's going to be 10 episodes. It's entitled The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Filming is underway, and it's expected to be out in 2019, which also leads into one of my three really strong impressions. That would be a Skeksis, and it goes a little something like this. Mm-hmm. And I can do the other Skeksy, the one he fights. So that one, I forget what his name uh, It's Chamberlain, I believe is his name. Yeah. And the the, uh, the other one who goes, Chamberlain, when they're fighting. So I got that one. So we got them both. Mm-hmm. It's very good. It's very good. Yeah. We could. Those are the two things. If we ever do a live show, if, if we're ever lucky enough to do like a live hashtag dork show, we should probably open with Dark Crystal impressions. Yes. Because, that, yeah. <laughs> that'll, that'll get the people going. Um, all right, Ryan, are you ready for your portion of the program? I guess. It's time for Davey's Video Game Minute. Even if it takes more than a minute. You did not sound very enthused about this. 
Well, it's kind of been a slow week. Other than okay. if you talk about, like, you know, you've had uh, Black Friday and now Cyber Monday, where you've had all these insane deals that we didn't, you know, we forgot to mention on our, our, our leading to Thanksgiving episode. So sorry about that. I didn't know about that. But there's something else I missed last week, too, Richard, that people are losing their minds about. And it's something that it'll touch you a little bit. Oh, I like the sound of this. Um, so uh, Nether Realm. And the people of Injustice have released their latest character pack. And people are losing their minds at the fact that you cannot play, you can now play as not one, but all four Ninja Turtles. Ooh. So these. So, like, you know how yeah. Yeah, okay. you can change the styles up a little bit? Yes. Like, you, you know, when you played Mortal Kombat and every character has, like, a style that they can go with? Yes. You can actually switch out, like, which turtle you are. I know you're a big Raphael guy. You're the hothead kind of guy. I've but. always been partial to Raphael, one of my favorite all-time characters. However, in the video games, he's got no range. He's got the worst weapon. You, you want to? He's the fastest. Yeah, he's fastest, and he's the he root. He's, he's the rudest. He's the rudest. If you ever got you know like I mean? a verbal spat in the game. Yeah, so that's so that's pretty exciting. Um, uh, Nintendo Switch's Mario Odyssey continues to impress everybody. It's probably going to be like the best-reviewed game of the year. So people are really excited about that. Uh, for you casual gamers and mobile gamers, uh, Animal Crossing is back in a, in a mobile setting. Mm. Um, people really like this game. I was never really into it. Um, you just, it's, it's a game about making friends and trading with people, which, you know, I don't, I don't really like to do. No, um, kind of stinks. Yeah, as you know, I kind of I don't like half the friends I have, so right. I have no, I'm not going to make any more. No, God, no. I'm at a friend's limit myself. Yeah. It's really yeah. just then, enough um, for a fantasy football league. That's all you need. <laughs> and then, uh, so some frustrations continue on the Bungie and uh, on uh, Destiny 2 and Battlefront. Um, uh, Battlefront fronts, I guess you could say. Sure you could. Um, whereas Bungie actually had, um, they had to address some, you know, they had to tell their fans what the game was going to do going forward, and they had to like explain it to them because people are getting frustrated at the lack of content, oh, and no. people are kind of finishing it and then not knowing what to do. And it's Destiny's one of those games I played and I really enjoy, but like once you get to a certain point, like you don't know what to do anymore. Yeah, like you're just like yeah. kind of wandering around shooting random things. You're like, um, I want to keep playing, but I don't know what else I have left to do. And I don't really know what to do here. Like, right. I, am I gathering light, or am I like doing patrols, or what am I doing? Mm. Um, and Battlefront, they they've suspended the kind of microtransaction thing that they're getting absolutely slaughtered for. So that's suspended for now. It might come back, but this has been a huge issue for them. And people are finding ways to cheat the system, where they have their controller set up to like automatically play for them to like farm, so they can unlock things while they sleep. Which is we've what? come to that point. It's oh, come to that point now. That so, is so bad. That's like that grinding. guy. It's <laughs> like Nibbler. You're going to stay up. Yeah. And the other thing that I found this week, it was a, it was a Black Friday sale that I actually picked up. Um, my good friends at Bethesda, Sneaky, we didn't get a lot of coverage on this game, but it's actually one of the best games of the year and probably one of the best stories of the year is uh, Wolfenstein 2. Okay. It's actually really, really good. Mm. So picture a 1960s America where the Nazis won. No, I would rather like, not. Well, I tell you what, bashing their skulls in is real fun. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it makes you feel better, yeah. I guess. So if you if you if that deal's still out there, pick up uh, Wolfenstein Two for sure because that's that is a fun game. There you go. All right. Well, there's the uh, the Davy Video Game Minute. Now, I I told Uncle Buck, you know, what our topic du jour was going to be, Ryan, and that of course is the Punisher Netflix series. And I said, you know what, Buck. We could probably use some essential reading. You know, like what, what are the comic books that we should be reading as it relates to The Punisher? So lo and behold, he emailed me an entire list of the best Punisher books, uh, some of the bad stuff in The Punisher, and then he had one of the ugly. So a lot of good, some bad, and one ugly. So without further ado. My name is Bugs. My name is Bugs. My name is Bugs. Talk about comics. Marvel. <laughs> talk about comics. DC. And I'm here to talk about comics. Independent labels. So talk about comics. My name is Bugs. <laughs> Let's talk about them. Here we go, Ryan. This is the essential reading list for The Punisher. So if you liked the series and you, and you haven't read a whole lot, this is where you should go. And no surprise, he starts out with the first ever appearance by The Punisher. That came in Amazing Spider-Man 129 
all the way back in February of 1974. This is a very iconic cover. You've probably all seen the cover by now. Buck actually owns this issue. I own the poster, which I'm excited about. But the issue and it was fe- it was actually famous enough to be featured in the movie Coyote Ugly. How do you like that? That's a how do you like that for some movie trivia? Jesus Christ, what a reference that is. Where was where was that in her in her apartment? No, I remember when she has the the Australian boyfriend who collects comics, and you know he actually sells that Jesus. to like help her out, and then uh, she buys it back for him when she makes her record deal. Now that was a movie that really should have been rated R. It should have been, and it was a movie. I was sold a bill of goods in that trailer, and I took my high school girlfriend, thing, and she I had to like drag her to see it, and by the end, she's dancing all over the place, and I'm like, this sucks. No, this is not ideal. I was like, because you don't see any boob in that, right? That's nothing. It's PG-13. No, nothing. It's kind of a, they're spraying each other down the bar. It. Yeah, maybe a, a, a derriere for a couple of seconds, yeah. but mm-hmm. that was a shame. But but anyway, in in uh, really a missed opportunity. You're right. I thought so. In Amazing Spider-Man 129, Frank is hired, or he's a hired gun for the Jackal to kill Spider-Man. This was John Romita and Gil Kane, and uh, this is tremendous. This this is literally his debut. Uh, the very next year, Uncle Buck follows it up with Death Sentence, 1975 Marvel preview number two. Jerry Conway tells the origin story of the Punisher, who flashes back to the murder of his wife and children during a picnic in Central Park. And we've seen that in some of the movies um, along the way. So no spoilers for the show here in this point, but just some of the stuff that's going on with the Punisher. Now let's do more of Amazing Spider-Man, 175. Uh, The Hitman's Back in Town, Part 1 and 2. Uh, This came out in 1977. The Hitman kidnaps J. Jonah Jameson and is being chased by the Punisher and Spider-Man. Frank learns Hitman is, in fact, an old army buddy who once saved his life. In the end, the villain Hitman and Spidey with uh, J. Jonah Jameson hang from the Statue of Liberty, leaving Frank to choose which to save. That sounds like a good one. Sounds like a good one, yeah. Uh, Daredevil 183. This is uh, also another iconic cover. This is a Frank Miller uh, in the middle. Uh, Frank Miller's legendary run, The Punisher and Daredevil, which is this is their first meeting. They fight while trying to solve the drug-related death of a young girl. Seeing the good in Daredevil, Punisher shoots him with a tranquilizer rather than killing him. Now, you remember, obviously, a lot of really good Daredevil Punisher stuff in season two of the Netflix series as yeah. well. And they stole or they stole. They, they took a lot from the comics. Uh, let's jump into the mid-80s now. 1986, Punisher 1 limited series, Circle of Blood. The first solo miniseries for The Punisher, Stephen Grant's story about Frank breaking out of prison and coordinating the start of a gang war. Uh, and you have it, as Buck says, an iconic cover uh, by Mike Zeck. Punisher War Journal, number six and seven in 1989. Carl Potts' uh, weak story is saved by Jim Lee Art as Frank goes toe to toe with Wolverine for the first time. Hey, hey. That's a nice little combination. Here's, yep. a, here's a great one. The Punisher Kills the Marvel Universe, 1995. It was a one-shot. Garth Ennis, of course, uh, preacher fame, he sort of foreshadows the boys as it's careless superheroes who kill his family in the park, sparking the Punisher to go on a killing spree that eliminates the entire Marvel Universe. I've read that. It's actually really good. And they've done ones like uh, Deadpool you know, versus the Marvel Universe and stuff like that, but this Punisher one sounds great. Uh, let's see. The Punisher Marvel Knights won in 2000. Welcome back, Frank, Garth Ennis, and Steve Dillon. Again, these are both the guys from um, Preacher. Uh, Frank takes on the mob in a series that reinvented Frank Castle and inspired the Thomas Jane film. Which and this did- is the one. If yeah, if I were to pick one to say like required reading, this would be the one. The Garth Ennis. It's called like Welcome Back, Frank. Obviously, yeah. This is the one. The it's like three hundred pages long. It's a it's a but it's a really cool story, and it's Garth Ennis who does Preacher. So he's great. Steve Dillon, who you know. So and that's you know the one too there. where um like we've talked about the the Punisher movie, the Thomas Jane one. Like it wasn't all bad. It certainly wasn't great, but there were some good moments in there, and some of the good stuff is like they took from that comic. You know, and the worst and the worst part is they took all the stuff from a Garth Ennis comic and then made it a PG thirteen movie. Yeah, like you can't do that. It, it was not going to work. Uh, yeah. the, the Punisher Max in uh, two thousand two limited called Born. Uh, this is in my collection. Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson from the Boys put together Frank's uh, definitive Vietnam story. 
Uh, and then uh, Buck says, Ennis just started telling the story again with 2017's The Platoon. Also in the Punisher Max, uh, the storyline in the beginning, Old Man Frank, six years before Old Man Logan, logs a terrifying story of an aged Frank with nothing to lose. Awesome. Which is always good. Uh, A couple more. This is also in the Punisher Max series, 2005, The Slavers. Garth Ennis, Frank targets the sex slave trade after hearing tragic stories from an escaped worker. I have not read that, but I think I'm going to. That sounds it's going to be very intense. Uh, And then the last and the good, the essential Punisher reading list from Comic Buck Guy, Kingpin, Jason Aaron, and Steve Dillon. Says a dark, extremely violent Punisher tracks down Kingpin. Readers learn Kingpin's wife is really pulling the strings along with her uh, assassin and lesbian lover, Electra. So hey, hey. keeping it very much in there. So you know, there's a lot of storylines between the Punisher and Kingpin. There was some gr- I mean, some of the best stuff from Daredevil season two was was Kingpin and, and Daredevil uh, and Punisher. I thought. Oh yeah, the the jail scene was the best fight scene in the whole series. Awesome. Uh, a couple of things for bad that uh, comic book guy puts in here. I guess early on, the Punisher was forced to use safety bullets while in his initial runs on both the Amazing Spider-Man and Daredevil, <laughs> and even his early solo books. Uh, then he also says that there was a, a seven-part series in the uh, early '90s, Punisher 53 through 62, the final days of the Punisher. Says it's an intense read promising the end of the beloved vigilante, only the end comes in a bizarre left turn where after being sliced up by Jigsaw in prison, Frank is reconstructed through plastic surgery into a black man. After an odd two-part team-up with Luke Cage, he changes back into a white guy without much explanation. How good is that? Who the hell is writing that? (laughs) I have no idea. No idea. That seems ridiculous. Uh, and then the ugly, because he broke it down, the good, the bad, and the ugly. He's got the Punisher uh, in 2009, Punisher 11 through 16, Dark Reign, the list Punisher 1, uh, Frankencastle. After a fight with Wolverine's son, is it Dakin or Dakin? I don't even Dake, know. Dakin, Dakin, yeah. Uh, where his arms are cut off and he's decapitated, Frank is reconstructed by Morbius and the Legion of Monsters into Frankencastle. Wow. Yes, right. but a lot of good stuff. So, really, to sum it up, check out the early stuff with Spider-Man and Daredevil, and then check out most of Garth Ennis stuff. Right? Yes. Yes. All right. Let's now get on to the Netflix series, Ryan. I already sort of get, tipped our hand. That is the topic du jour, the topic of the day. Thirteen episodes on Netflix. This was season one. No word yet if there will be a season two or not of The Punisher. We will start, of course, spoiler-free before getting into spoilers. So I ask you, Ryan, very simply, did you like it? Sure. Yeah. Okay. I see. I see. Where, I see where you're going there. I was like, sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This was absolutely in my mind. I had such high expectations for it. This is one of my favorite all-time characters. Like he's on the short list for me. Um, I've always loved the Punisher, like Punisher, Red Hood, uh, Iceman. Uh, Green Arrow, I guess. Obviously, Batman, but like my one of my all-time favorites. And after seeing him in season two of Daredevil, you're like, great. John Bernthal is awesome. These Netflix shows, really, with the exception of Iron Fist, have been you know any ranging from good to great. And I was so excited for this. The previews all look good. Like they're throwing Metallica music at you. I was excited. I was on board watching this bad boy. If you asked me after about eight or nine episodes, I would have told you, I don't know. I, like, yeah. I It's fine. They do ramp it up. Some of the most memorable scenes come in the final two or three episodes. Kind of saved it for me, to be honest. But slow burn, teetering on slog for a while. Teetering on slog for a while. And I would say that, well, we'll get into more spoilers here, but the issue is not the Punisher. John Bernthal still kills it as the Punisher. Correct. Yes. And he's not the issue. It's other things around him that become the issue, but we'll get into that later. So when my, my take on it is like, yes, I did enjoy it. Um, but like you said, I mean, be prepared for like five or six episodes of backstory. This has been an issue, too, I think, for even like Jessica Jones and the two Daredevils are my three favorite of this run. And that's not really saying much because Luke Cage was fine. Iron Fist sucked. But with all of them, 
you know, the Defenders was only eight episodes. The other ones were all 13, and they all probably should have been eight or maybe, maybe 10. But this yeah. was a, a big-time example of, man, you could have trimmed a lot out of this. Right, and they 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 yeah. opted not to do that, and I don't know why they're so dug in on thirteen episodes. You know, it, it worked in a way for Daredevil at right out of the gate, and they must have been like, "Well, here's the template. We got we gotta we gotta roll with with thirteen, which I I just don't get. There's too much too much filler, too much dead time because the action scenes are off the charts. Like some of the the fight scenes and the the gun scenes and like just Frank being the badass scenes are great." But then it just seems like there's too much filler in between. And I'm going to tell you right now, like he, he, it is by far the most violent Marvel thing I have ever seen. Like oh, yeah. it is like borderline, like turn your head kind of like horror movie esque kind of way. Yeah. At t- oh, but I like, mean, at times it really you're you're, you're like so Netflix or like this is a Marvel property. Like isn't Marvel still owned by Disney? You're like, are they right. watching this? Like. I guess if we're talking about the eventual merger between like Disney and Fox and like Marvel having like all the Fox characters, I was a little worried that well maybe they won't go as dark as Logan or as you know kind of R-rated as Deadpool. But I don't know. I mean, you watch some of this between the sex scenes. Now they don't have the language isn't there. It's not Deadpool language, but the violence is as violent as any comic book property we have ever seen, and. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I I think, and you know what's funny is a lot of the reviews I've seen of this, it's either really positive or really negative. And I'm yep. more in the middle, and it sounds like you are too. I'm more in the middle, but there are things that we'll get into in a second after we do hit the spoiler alarm. But um, there are things that I really liked about the show, and there were things that I just felt were unnecessary and borderline-like inappropriate. Okay, yeah, so I'll, I'll, we'll I'll be interested yeah. to see what you say on that. I would just say... And I understand, like it's a, it's a weird time now too. Like it's just with all the the stuff you see in the news, and then to flip on a show like this, and it's just machine gun rounds, like into people and into places. Like I can understand why people might see that, and be like I just can't watch this, right? But if you're okay with that, and you're going to say, hey, I just want to be entertained. I can shut my mind off to the other stuff. I just want to see this character, and I want to see some cool scenes. I want to be entertained. Then I think it's I think it's good, and that's probably where you get the positive reviews for the people that just think it's too senseless. And I also I agree with you. A, a lot of the side characters, not all of them, but a lot of the side characters, kind of let down what is a great performance by the Punisher. Correct. So, versus the other, let's just keep it to the Netflix Marvel shows. I would say my ranking off the top of my head would be Jessica Jones, Daredevil two. Daredevil 1, The Punisher, The Defenders, Luke Cage, Iron Fist. How do you feel about I that? Would, I, yeah, the only thing I would flip, if it were me, I would put Daredevil Season 1 ahead of Daredevil Season 2. Yeah, and that's understandable. And I think you could yeah. make an argument for any of those three to be the best. I just, only because The Punisher is in 2 is why I bumped 2 up. But I, I hear you. Like that, no, they're, but it, they're both it's great. Mac dab in the middle, and I, I I actually had the notes. It is better than Iron Fist, Luke Cage, or the Defenders. Worse, but than it that. is nowhere near Daredevil or Jessica Jones. Yeah, and I think it was a, just a little bit of a letdown for me, only because I had such high hopes, and I was like, "This is gonna be the best. Like, this should be the best," and it wasn't. So if you had to slap a, and you do have to slap a yeah, hashtag dork score on it, and before you ask me again, yes, you can go half stones. Uh, I'm going to go a hard four on this. I did a lot of thinking of it. It's a hard four. Yeah, I feel like we we see these a lot the same way. I'm going to go hard four as well. And I'll tell you what, after nine episodes, it was probably a three, three and a half. And but then, if, you take, yeah. if you take the nine best episodes of the 13 and cut out the other four, it's like a five. Yeah, you're probably right. Well, it's funny because I gave Justice League a four and I gave The Punisher a four. And I never in a million years going into November would have guessed that I liked both about the same. I never would have thought that, but I did. Yeah, but you did. I did. All right, let's uh, let's cue the alarm. Spoilers! 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 Here come the spoilers! All right, first thing, you have me very intrigued. Some of the things that you thought were just too, like, over the top, too senseless. What were they? Well, so uh, senseless is a, is, a, is a weird word, but there are times where, like, this show got, like, really political. Uh, yes. Where it's talking about gun control, and it's talking about there was a scene where 
uh, Billy Russo says to Madani, she asked him, like, oh, did you, were you going to go to, like, Wharton Business School? Like, where'd you get your sales pitch? Wharton? He said, Wharton was my, was my safety school. We all know that Wharton Business School is where the Trump family went. Right, 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 right. So, like, so like Just there's like that, a like, little there. gap yeah. Yeah. there. And then there's this whole thing about gun control. And the thing that kind of put me off a little bit was the kid, I forget I forget his name, uh, the, Lewis the terrorist Wilson. kid. Lewis Wilson. Lewis Wilson. Yeah. The bomb he used, what he, can, what he used was a pressure cooker and, like, screws and nails, which is exactly what the Boston Marathon bombers used. Yeah. So, like, that's, like, to me, as, you know, we're a Boston-based podcast, that seemed to be, like, a little bit on the nose. Yeah. And a little, and a little inappropriate. As far as I'm concerned, like, like, come on, and do like, you, do you for, think? And the he, other thing yeah. too, like that, that, that character, right? Like, it showed like the bad side of the PTSD and what happens to these guys when they come home and all that stuff. But like, it didn't further the plot like at all. That's what I was trying to figure out. Was like, would this guy like, could we have, could this series have happened without him altogether? Absolutely. It, well, yeah, and I just thought, listen, it. It does. There can be heavy moments like that. These Netflix shows have done it. Like some of the Kilgrave stuff in Jessica Jones. Like there was some really dark, heavy things. So I'm like, I'm okay with that. But for such a kind of nondescript character, a couple of moments here and there, and conversations that he had with with you know whether it was Frank or Curtis, but then he ultimately just like blows up. And like I guess you needed a guy. And I did think the the scene that one episode where it was almost like Quentin Tarantino, and they kept like chopping it up, and they would like talk yeah. to Karen, and like it, it, you know, we don't really know what was happening. They kept jumping all around time wise, like that was pretty cool. But you almost could have used a different character. Like you didn't have to use this kid, Lewis Wilson, and it was it just it really was like that was unsettling. Maybe that's what they were going for, and I, I understand PTSD is a real thing. But you know, you got this kid, you know, digging a ditch outside, uh, or like you know, living. Like on a, under the tent in there, like he's he's doing that, and just some of the stuff that he had. I'm with you. Or or could there just have been less of it? Like we said, they didn't need to be 13 episodes of the whole show. Maybe you could have trimmed his role down a little bit as well. Well, not like that, but like you have this is a you have, you forget when you're watching this is this is a Marvel show, and does it have to be that hot button to be a Marvel show? Like you're you're going over all these topics and stuff, and it's just like did you have to do that? Yeah, you know and I mean? and, right, right. And oh, I, yeah. like I said, we'll get into it in the character breakdown. But like, I felt like the John Bernthal's performance was unbelievable. The guy who played Micro was great. The Love guy who played Micro, yeah. uh, Billy Billy Russo, great. Was, I thought was great. The supporting characters around them Tough. were all bad. Tough, real bad. I did like Karen. I mean, we're used to Karen, but like the the new yeah. the new characters for the most part were all pretty bad. Now, this is one thing that you know always gets me going. The Netflix series giving you some references to the mcu but then the mcu never returning the favor ever 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 returning the favor so you're not going to see so spider-man and the punisher by the way are both in queens nothing and so now the i feel like the netflix show shows after not getting a lot of references or any references from the movies have now kind of bailed on that as well so much so did you notice this in one of the early episodes Talking about New York, rather than talking about when the aliens attacked, like the Loki attack, like from the Avengers, which all the other Netflix shows did, they referenced 9-11 instead. Yeah. I was like, whoa. Like, I mean, I understand you're, you we're in the real world here, but prior to that, all of the talks of the attack on New York were always the incident, and it was always aliens. But instead, you have Homeland Security. I understand it's Homeland Security, but still... They could have talked about Loki. They could have talked about what happened there and the incident. But they instead they went to 9-11, which really kind of put this show almost in its own thing. Like, this is as standalone, I feel like, a show as we've seen so far. And I think John Bernthal went on record, and they, they asked him a bunch of questions about this. And I believe his direct quote, and I am quoting here, Richard, quote. was, Continu- continuity is for pussies. Ooh, I gotta, I gotta jump in there, John. I disagree. No, I think he said it, and the article says he said it with a smile on his face yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. But, you no, know, but isn't uh, that, wasn't that like an obvious, there would have been just like an easy kind of throwaway line about the alien invasion rather than going to, you know, the, the biggest terrorist attack we've ever had in the United States. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I just, there were some, some difficult choices here that were made that I, I don't, 
think made a, a whole lot of sense. A whole lot of sense. So the other connections that I saw, and again, if you found any, you can uh, tweet us or you can uh, email us at dorkpodcast and dorkpodcast at gmail dot com. But at one point, there was a newspaper. I think Karen might have been holding it, and it sort of said something about the battle under the streets. So clearly, this takes place after the defenders, and yeah. they also showed a clip. Uh, they showed a TV, and it was the WHIH News Channel, and we've seen that now a bunch. That actually is something that carries over. I think Ant-Man, uh, uh, Age of Ultron had a scene using that, like their their fictional news channel, and I believe, I read this somewhere because I don't watch the show, but I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. uses the same TV show as well, or station, yeah. I mean. So, yeah. okay, so they they do that. Um, we're going to talk about it a little bit in non-spoilers, but... Too slow of a burn was was the question I was, I was asking because I find myself when I'm trying to convince people to watch The Wire, I say, well, you know, if you don't like it after like eight or nine episodes, you know, maybe maybe you should just bail. But then I'm thinking, all right, I'm asking somebody to spend nine hours watching a goddamn show. Right. Like <laughs> maybe it's just not for you. That's fine. Whereas The Punisher, like, would you tell somebody to watch this that? Say they're like fringe into like yeah like I'll watch most of the MCU movies I've seen maybe Daredevil season one and whatever like would you tell them oh you got to watch The Punisher? Um, yeah, I mean I would tell them if you're if you have no knowledge of this stuff like you know what I mean. There's no it's not very comic booky it's not very geeky it's it's just straight up action it's like it kind of takes a page out of the John Wick kind of thing. Yeah, right? like if you like real if you like violent shit and if you have if you have any kind of affinity for the Punisher, like if you were somebody that bought a ticket to see the Thomas Jane movie, then yeah, you should probably watch this. Yeah, absolutely. I would I would recommend this to people if they were interested in it, but if they're like, you know, if my dad's like, "Should I watch the Punisher?" I'm like, "No, probably not." Yeah, no, you you don't you don't need to. Were there yeah. were there too many flashbacks for you? I think that was that was part of it. Um and again, this could have been you could have set it up in such a way where you done you do an episode where it's the whole story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead yeah. of like chopping it up like that instead of doing it in pieces cuz it felt it felt like I got it by like the third episode I'm like, "All right, I get it." You know, there's this guy Rollins and he set up this whole thing and it was explained in Daredevil. Yeah, right. Where they were talking right. about like the the whole heroin thing and how how that went down. So that was already explained. Um yeah, but, but I think they must have wanted to like up. stand alone. They wanted it to be its own yeah. thing, I guess. But by doing that, yeah. it, it dragged it out. Yeah, you know what I mean. It, it dragged the whole thing out, and it went on for what well, he didn't put on the Punisher thing, like the the chest thing, for like six episodes. It took a while. Like, That's been an ongoing theme. I feel like in the Netflix series, like Daredevil didn't even have an outfit until season two, or the, what the end of season one. But he had. But he, at least he had like the Frank Miller like ninja looking thing. Going, yeah, that's you true. know what I mean. Frank didn't have that. But it's also one no. of those things that's tough. Like, how do you get that logo without making it cheesy? Like yeah. he so he spray paints the shit out of it and then is wearing it. And I, that's great. It's like maybe the coolest logo in the history of comics. But I don't know. You, you don't just have a shirt that looks like that. <laughs> so like I feel no, like no, I feel no. like it's kind of tricky to like all of a sudden. But like I think it would. I think it would have been really funny if he like fucked it up a couple times and then had to like redo it. Yeah, because <laughs> he came right out of the shoot and he's yeah. like Banksy yeah. all of a sudden, like he's yeah. like the best graffiti artist in the world. No, it was pretty. It was pretty good. Now I think looking at there's like a handful of kind of storylines throughout, and we already talked about Lewis Wilson a little bit. Like that was one that didn't really do it for for us, but there were other ones along the way, like his relationship with Billy Russo and how that turns. That ended up being. Really good. Like I, I, I like that. Some of the stuff with Homeland Security, not as much. Uh, you know, no. Frank just Frank being on a mission to get rid of everybody that had anything to do with his with his kids and his wife's death, like that. That's good stuff. And most of the micro storyline I liked. Kind of creepy that he's spying on his family, but hey, put in the same situation, we probably all do the same thing. And and yeah, and the, the, you, what I found was that that whole yin and yang thing, where he was much more, you know, Frank's much more violent in his approach to getting back at people, and you know, uh, Micro goes about it. You know, Lieberstein was Lieberstein goes about it like the yeah. the other way, where he tries to get information and try to do all and you know put all his ducks in a row before he does anything, whereas Frank is like balls to the wall of violence. So it was it was a nice little balancing act between the two of them as to whose plan is better for this situation. Yeah, which uh, I thought it was and. And what's his name? The guy, um, Evan something, the guy who played Micro was, um, he just did, he danced that line between like weird geeky and like 
you know, very sensitive and very, you know, worried about his family kind of thing. Yeah, you know? and like but, for a lot of people, like the man in the chair, like you know, like the uh, like the Spider-Man kid that wanted, like there's so many, like whether it's uh, you know, Felicity from Arrow or uh, you know, go go down the list of all the different characters that that are sort of the eyes and ears, you know, even like an Alfred or whoever. He's not like a he's not like super nerdy geeky guy, right? Like he looks no. like if you saw him, you wouldn't just immediately think, "Oh, he's a, here's a nerd. He's going to be the guy that's doing this stuff." And how good of a hacker is he really if he's going to get like completely upended by someone unplugging a modem, which happens? <laughs> well, I mean, he's he's got kind of a it's like a makeshift setup down there. I know. He but like still, I mean, how good are you if you can't circumvent someone someone's router? You do, know? You, do you think it's realistic that he could have that whole setup down there? And like nobody would know he's down there. Uh, maybe you know if you, you you know you're paying in cash and you're piecing things together but like you know uh, yeah. Spider-Man esque or kind of a junker and you yeah. can like you know Frankenstein some things together. Yeah, I guess he could do that. I was thinking like, does he pay for the Wi-Fi? But maybe he can like hack into like steal Wi-Fi. That's probably yeah. all you need to do. Maybe it's all wired underground. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, not not too bad. Uh, what were you, what did you think were the best scene or scene? There's one obvious one, but what do you think was the best scene and what do you think was the worst scene? So I thought the be- the best scene was when all of the Anvil guys came into like with like, the basement, like their hideout. That was unbelievable. Was, I think you said he was like home aloneing, like everything. Yes. Like he was, you know, he was like filling the bulbs with you know gunpowder and all that stuff. So I thought that was that was really good, and incredibly gory. He cuts a guy's head off, straps a grenade to it, and like throws the head. That was people. that was my big takeaway from the whole series. Was like he yeah. he cut off a guy's head strapped a fucking bomb to it and then threw it into the middle of a bunch of dudes and it blew up. Like they're all looking at it like, oh my god, thing. somebody's head. Because you see him holding the head, you're like, well, that's gruesome. Right? He, yeah. he just decapitated a guy. That's gruesome. You're like, oh no, wait. He also just like duct taped a bomb to it. <laughs> it's like yeah. rather than throwing a bomb into a pile of people, right. you have Why to strap it to a severed head and throw it in. <laughs> Unbel- <laughs> unbelievable. Like that's yeah. that's so unique, I would say. I, I don't remember seeing that before. And I, I would say the worst scene of the show is any time that Russo and Madani had sex. I was just going to ask you what you thought of the sex scenes. <laughs> that was the most awkward, like, ridiculous sex scene I've ever seen in my life. And there's, like, three of them. There's three, yeah. There's some, there's some okay ones. And there is nothing worse to me, and this is, this is just me, but there is nothing worse than the the sound of a microphone too close when people are making out like it just grosses yeah, me out. Yeah, no, that is that's, that's not something and you want to like, hear. No, and it's like something that's like super obnoxious. Yeah, like that this the smooching is like yeah, way over. It's a tough sound. I thought I mean the best scene was definitely that scene, but even the uh, when Frank turns Russo into Jigsaw, like that was fucking awesome when he's like yeah. sli- like scratching his face down the broken mirror you're like that is very yeah. violent and how frank's killed i didn't keep a count maybe somebody did he killed probably 200 people in this series and then he's like i'm not gonna kill you but i'm gonna mess your face up so yeah and it's funny so and we'll do some of the character stuff too but billy russo is jigsaw however this is not like in the comics Jigsaw is not an old army friend and not like a best friend of Frank. So it was definitely a swerve and it was like a reveal late in the series, like actually in the last episode. But when they said Billy Russo, I think they said it for the first time, maybe halfway through the series. And I'm like, well, that sounds familiar. But like I hadn't yeah. read, I hadn't read Punisher anything in a while. So I was like, all right. But then when you go and look back on it, they reference how uh, good looking he is like a bunch of times. And so his name was Billy the Butte. They call him the Butte. He was like a uh, mobster guy, like a hitman type thing. Yep. And he was played by, uh, what the hell is his name? The guy who played McNulty in The Wire. He played yeah, him. Yeah, I in, his name, yeah. It's like Dominic something maybe. Yeah, it's I'm, Dominic something I'm, for bl- sure. I'm blanking on it. But he plays him in uh, Punisher War Zone. So not the Thomas Jane one, but he plays him in the other one. And he's just... He's so bad. Like he's the wor- it's the worst portrayal of him. This guy does a much better job, and I'm, I can't wait. So if they do do a season two, <laughs> they could definitely get Jigsaw in there. Or you know what they could also do, Rye, is whether it's season three or more of Daredevil. Yeah, wouldn't it make sense to have Jigsaw? I don't think this is in the comics, but you could have him basically go and work for the Kingpin. 
Yeah, and that would be that would be great. Now he'd be he's hooked into that mob scene. Is Dominic West, by the way? Dominic West, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, get him get him yeah. involved in the mob scene, and then have him have him sort of play out the way that he was. But it's fine that he has a military background. You can spin it that way. That's that's no big deal. It'll be good. I think it was good that it was a good choice because that puts them him and Frank are kind of equals in that regard. Like they're the same rank, they're the same outfit. You know, they they have the same training. So yeah, kind of on the equal playing field. And so that's what I love about this too, because if you're going to make the show real, right, you can't just have like a random. Like, oh, this guy's just like a random super badass. Like, you can only do that so many times. So when you're taking, like, Marines, like, how believable is that? Like, a Marine or an Army Ranger or a Green Beret. You're like, yeah, this guy's a badass. Like, no shit, he's a badass. Like, he's been training for so long to be, like, an ass kicker. And so these guys all have that background. So you're right. So Billy is certainly no pushover. And obviously we know what what Frank is capable of. Uh, So, yeah, those are some of the best scenes to me. The worst scenes... For, for a while, it was just any scene that Madani was in, whether she was having sex with Russo or not. Yeah. I couldn't stand her, and I don't know what it was because, you know, she's pretty and whatever. I just – she bugged me. Like, I, I didn't – I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what bugged me about her, and maybe this will help you out a little bit. She was terrible at her job. She was awful. She's supposed to be, like, the acting director of, like, this, you know, Homeland Security thing. Yeah, that might have been terrible, it. terrible, terrible at her job. That might have been it. Like the, terrible, like decision yeah. after decision of just terrible decision making, you know. That's true. And for what? And for what? Like her character, and and I'm saying like great, you know, all power to you. But like, at the end of the day, like, like Lewis Wilson, she's useless. Yeah, she's useless. Like right. She she you, tries to catch Frank Castle all the way up to this point, and then she lets him go, and then she has this relationship with Russo, and that's which is completely useless and and makes no sense, and then. At the end, she kind of like lets him go, you know. So it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, do less. Like, I would. I, yeah. I need to do more. I need, I do, you know, do something. Or do, do anything. I just do something different for for Madani. Also, I was worried. I think it was the first episode when Frank was doing like construction, and the guys are like picking on him. I'm like, all right, we've seen this bullshit so many times, right? Where like a guy's picking on somebody, where we all, everybody watching, knows that the guy getting picked on could kill all of them in a second. I'm like, all right, like this construction angle better not last very long. And, and that, that like, thing, like if I if I was working at a construction site and the guy wasn't talking to anybody and just smashing down walls with a sledgehammer, guess what? Mm-hmm. I'll leave him alone. Yep. He's do you do you, buddy. I'm not gonna bullshit you about overtime. You do you do you. Whatever whatever it is that is, go for it. All right, let's do a quick character breakdown. I think we obviously the Punisher we loved. Like he was he was terrific. I guess I'll ask you this. You, Punisher season two, that's something you're interested in? That's something I'm interested in. Um, now that we've set up a, a kind of a, a, a villain, a, an arch nemesis kind of thing, I'm, I'm interested in that. Yeah. Because obviously we've set it up so that Billy Russo will be back. And I think that's what kind of – and I like that the last episode was kind of like an afterward, so it's dealing with like, you know, how does Frank, you know, deal with it now? And I thought it was really cool that he went to like the group. Yes. Yeah, that was you know, good. I yeah. thought that was that was really good. But one of the things that that really impressed me with this is I know enough marine. I'm not a marine or, an, or a vet myself, but I've been around enough uh, servicemen. The thing that blew me away is how he stood, yeah, and how he interacted with people is exactly how those guys act. Yeah, it was, it was really impressive. Like how you know he's it's something subtle, but how he stands with like his hands like grabbing his wrist like in front. And doing that that little bounce, like I've seen so many guys do that. Like he nailed the mannerisms. Yeah, he definitely like did a, a lot of research on this, and sp- must yeah. have spent time, or has got someone in his family, or whatever. But he he did a great job. So he he was awesome. I thought Micro was as good of a sidekick as we've seen. Actually, thinking about you know like Foggy or you know some of Jessica Jones's friends or Iron Fist's friends or Luke Cage's friends. He, Micro might be the best sidekick that we've seen. Well, he was useful. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, there were times where Foggy's just useless. Foggy's and useless, he, but know. also, like, all of their storylines, like, all of, like, even Colleen Wing, who I actually didn't mind, but, like, all of, like, the side characters, like, storylines, you're like, I don't care. Go talk to the, go talk to the main character, please. Yeah, but right. Micro's, you're like, okay, well, how long has he been doing this? Like, what's going on? Is he going to get reunited with his family? Like, all of that I thought was at least interesting. Yeah, no, I I really wound up caring about that that Lieberman family and him. Yes, you know, and how, what happened to them. So except for his kid, who his son sucked. drove me fucking bananas. Yeah, kid sucked. Uh, we already talked about Dinah Madani from Homeland Security. Neither of us worst were character a fan. in the show. Worst character by far. I'm, I'm, it's funny that we we both thought the same thing. Uh, Karen Page, 
she was good. I mean, she's really the one tie in her. And actually, we get one scene with Turk, uh, Turk Barrett, Turks in all these episodes. Yeah. So, good for him getting a paycheck. But we saw Turk. But that was it. We didn't see Claire Temple. We, we didn't see any of these other characters that have overlapped a lot. It was just Karen Page. But she was she was good. She does, she's a good Karen. And, oh, here's a question. Do you think yeah. Punisher and Karen are, are – is Punisher going to end up stealing a smooch? Well, there was that charged moment in the elevator. It was very was covered charged. in blood, and she almost went for it. I don't, I don't know if I like that. Do you like, you like these two together? Uh, no, she. And what's funny is now she's becoming like the Marvel Extended Universe's Lois Lane. Yes, know, which is kind of, which is kind of cool. Um, but I'm telling you, know, you I uh, love the storyline. I forget if it's in Born Again or Man Without Fear. I love the storyline where Karen gets addicted to heroin, and then just to get another hit, she reveals Daredevil's identity. <laughs> so just to get like yeah. one more thing, so that Kingpin finds out it's Matt Murdock. Like I love that storyline, but right now Karen is so far away from that. Yeah, yeah, but you never know. One bad day, right? I don't know. I also think that's true. One bad day is right. But Karen Page. Well, I think if Frank had like a girlfriend, it would take away some of his edge. No, and I think he doesn't want one. You know what I mean? And no. I thought one of the coolest one of the coolest scenes in the show was when Madani is talking to. Uh, David Lieber, uh, Micro, and he's talking about how, like, you know, Frank's doing this because it's not because he wants people dead. It's he doesn't think he should be alive. Right. And there was like this, there was like this whole thing, this whole revelation about that. So, you know, I I don't think, you know, Frank thinks he has much longer to to go. So having a girlfriend into that, you know. I agree. Uh, Sarah Lieberman, Micro's wife, I thought she was really good. I was trying to figure out where I saw her from. She was in like two episodes of Grimm, and she was in like something else that I saw. Uh, I forget right off the top of my head now. If you could steal a smooch, Ryan, from Sarah Lieberman, Karen Page, or Madani, who would it be? Uh, ooh, I think I'm going Karen Page. I think so, too. But you know, Sarah uh, Lieberman, Jessica, nothing to Jessica see Jessica from True Blood, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, my God. I do know what you mean. Uh, Billy Russo, uh, who will be Jigsaw, but he's Billy Russo throughout this series. I thought he was really good, too. He was a good friend, but a guy that you kind of knew something was up, and then they kind of revealed to you that something was up. So I thought he was good. Also, there's one scene where he is seen reading Dorian Gray, and there was a movie a few years ago where he actually played Dorian Gray. I did not know that, but that's actually a fascinating – I thought it was funny that the character – the Vane character was watching – I uh, was written, not watching, was reading uh, Dorian Gray. But I, that's funny that I didn't know he was Dorian Gray. Those are little things that I like to look for, too, because a lot of the shows now do that. And so he's reading Dorian Gray. Frank was reading Moby Dick at one point. And you're like, okay, right. both of those make sense. Uh, William Rollins, I mean, he kind of just served his purpose, I would say. Agent Orange, yeah. yeah. He, he was like the pseudo fake bad guy. Right. You know, and I thought it was great that, you know, Frank was like laughing at him as he's like trying to beat him up and he's tied up. And like he, you know, he's wearing his. He puts fancy those gloves. stupid gloves on. Yeah, that yeah. was that was pretty good. Yeah, some of those scenes in that little like bunker thing, were, or basement, or whatever, were were pretty good. Uh, we yep. mentioned Lewis Wilson. We already talked about him before. Curtis Hoyle. He was he was really good. He was. I think he's a good character. Kind of grounds everybody, and he has you know one relationship with Billy. He's got a different relationship with with Frank. So I thought he was all really I'll, good. Yeah. All I'll say is it's kind of tough that you're like this world class like special ops operator, and you get your ass kicked by a kid with your own leg. Oh, like that's a tough brutal, look. absolutely brutal. Yeah. Oh, the scene where Billy went over and they they pulled a gun on him—that was a pretty good scene too. And Frank was that across was the street. Scene. That was pretty good. Um, the upcoming series on Netflix: you have Jessica Jones season two, Daredevil season three, and Luke Cage season two, which are all expected to be out next year. I don't mm-hmm. know what the order is. I think Jones might be first, and then they are filming Iron Fist two. So no word yet on Punisher. No word yet on more Defenders, but. I, I'm with you. I would definitely like to see a Punisher uh, 2. If not, I'd like to see him in a lot of Daredevil or even mix him in with Jessica Jones. I don't care. Get get him in there with somebody else. And I would like to see in all of these shows, I would like to see maybe like one or two crossovers with everybody where they cross paths yes. for something. Yes, absolutely. I don't know. Yeah, I, w- I would love to see that. Ryan, let's get to our email of the episode because it's about this uh, topic right here. So Chris emailed in dorkpodcast at gmail.com. He said, John Bernthal, just like every other role of his, really brings the heat as the Punisher. I'm not sure if you're able to steal the show in your own show, but if you are, then he did. The way he carried himself, the way he acted, it definitely made me feel like he was a real tortured veteran, especially the voice. He had some real subtle grunts, 
that were outstanding. And anytime he yelled, then started to run at a person, absolutely terrifying. I think the Correct. Punisher is definitely the best Marvel character on Netflix. It would probably be a top six MCU character. According to Chris, it's Captain America, Spider-Man, Star-Lord, Iron Man, and Thor being the only ones better. That's obviously subjective. Yes. <laughs> he goes, side note, we finally have an actor who can throw like a fucking man. How many times do we see actors try and throw like they're throwing for the first time ever? When Bernthal is tossing the pigskin in the street with Micro's kid, he looks like Joe Montana compared to a lot of these actors. Former semi-professional baseball catcher, well, there, by the way. There you John go. Bernthal. So that makes so a lot of go. sense. So here you go. So Chris had some of the same thoughts we did. He goes, the season turned into too much of a slog. There was way too much backstory and not enough ass-kicking. The first three to four episodes were good. The last three to four were great. Everything in between was okay. There were some good moments, but a whole lot of slow ones, too. I didn't need intricate details about Madani or Lewis or Curtis, and there was so much to unpack with Frank. It was, also, it was like all five seasons of Arrow flashbacks rolled into one, which I think is a, it's a great line. Uh, give me less backstory, less dialogue, and more ass-kicking. Frank Castle's a one-man army. Every single one of his fight scenes were tremendous. Definitely not a guy I would mess with. The best scene was him preparing the, uh, the warehouse for the showdown in episode 11. It was like Home Alone, which we, we all thought of, uh, but for a 30-something-year-old fugitive. Then he walks in, around in the darkness cutting heads off like Jason Voorhees. Just an aw- awesome sequence. Uh, how about this one? He goes, I think Frank Castle is invincible. That's the only way that thing makes sense. He was shot in the head, oh my God. in yeah. the arm, in the chest a couple of times. He got stabbed, broke some bones, punctured a goddamn lung throughout the season. Best case scenario for a normal human being, you bleed out. Frank Castle, that motherfucker not only keeps going, but he kills everyone in his way. A lot of injuries to come back from in a span of two, maybe three weeks. Well, I d- thought it was really cool. Yeah, so they, I think the, the, whoever the writer was knew that and had uh, Agent Orange pump him full of like epinephrine. Well, that was so really he, cool, yeah. like because he wanted him yeah. to feel it, so he like shot him through. I'm like, okay, that does help, because he was like, there's no way he's gonna be able to do anything from here. They pulp, they pulp fictioned him. And Madani's uh, dad patched him up that one time as well. He's a doctor. That was so stupid. That was so stupid. I, I, I know, I know. Uh, Chris has a few more thoughts here. He goes, how fitting is it that he has a flip phone? I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. The scenes where the background is completely black and he's doing good various activities with his wife was that a nod to Stranger Things? specifically The Void or whatever that place is, Eleven talks to her mom and tries to talk to Mike. They are both Netflix shows, so maybe it's a tip of the cap. I might be reading too much into that, though. I think so. I think you are. I think you, I think I think you, you are. are as well. When Madani figures out what happens to or happens on the mountain with Gunner, it was just a little too quick for my taste. There's no way she's that good. Columbo wasn't even that good. That whole thing when they were out there on the mountain and in the woods, that they were losing me on that episode, I'll be honest. Yeah, like in, you know... Uh, Micro's flying the drone around. Like, yeah, like where did you on. even get? Yeah, come on, man. Yeah. Uh, and this last one we sort of hit on, but this is actually a good point. Uh, in the battle for Karen Page, who do you got? Matthew Murdoch or Frank Castle? Both have saved her life and have clear romantic feelings towards her. I'd say the betting lines would open up at Murdoch as a minus 150 favorite due to their history, but you can't count out Frank as a quality sleeper choice. Thanks, Well, Chris. as we saw, as one of the unintentionally funniest scenes of the thing is when frank tries to big time uh micro's son with the knife yeah oh yeah 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 and like he pulls the knife on the kid like (laughs) what we learn about frank is that he's more comfortable with a knife than he is with guns so he's more dangerous there's a lot of stabbing in this show yeah um and when did is is russo part of the assassins guild or what's up with that He's got his like little assassin's knife. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. that. Yeah. yeah, what what that is a very effective weapon, but I'm surprised that he would have that. Also, yeah. again, I'm not a marine, but in some of those flashbacks, I feel like Russo's hair was a little long. Yeah, that's not. That's not. You that's know, not right. Isn't Frank not, ha- like Frank has like regulation? No, I didn't think so. I was curious. I'm like, well, I don't really know for sure, but it seemed like he had like slicked back and he had the same haircut that he has in like the the current day. Yeah. <laughs> I was like. He had his slick shit haircut. Yeah, I don't think that passes military muster, my man. <laughs> High and tights. Any final thoughts, Ryan, on The Punisher? No, I thought, again, it's good. It's a four out of six. Um, if you're a Marvel guy, watch it. Um, yeah. It's definitely, the, the good is good and the bad is bad. Um, there is good, the bad, and the ugly in the show, and the ugly is probably the prettiest character in the show, being uh, um, Dina Madani. Um, and her mother, who sounds like the what? remember the lady in Beetlejuice with the uh, hole in her neck. Yeah, I was gonna she say she exactly sounds exactly like her. She sounds haunting. 
Like, how many darts do you think she had? She's she got a lot of darts in her in her lungs. Hacking darts, sure. yeah, just unbelievable with some of that yeah. stuff. All right, so if you could see, like, the perfect Netflix season for me would be sort of what you were talking about, like with a lot of the overlap. It would probably include Daredevil and Punisher kind of working together and then hating each other, doing more of that. Have Kingpin and Jigsaw, maybe mix in like another villain. Maybe have Jessica Jones and Luke Cage getting together. Like I think that something something like that. You don't have to call it the Defenders, but call it something and, and you know mix and match all of them. Or like yeah, and then Danny Rand shows up. He's like, "What's going on?" Be like, yeah. who called him?" Or here's an idea: fucking Spider Man show up because he's right down the goddamn street from Punisher. That would be awesome if like one time just swooped in, like one time, like Daredevils or like the Punisher's about to shoot somebody or like the Kingpin or whatever, and Spider Man stops him. Oh my god, would that be amazing? That- Oh. And it could be five. Or you just had to see the web. You know how, like, uh, there was a scene in Supergirl, the one episode I saw, when she was about to get killed, and all of a sudden you see, like, a shadow of Superman show up and bail her out. Yeah, that's all That's all you, all you need. That's all you need. All you, you don't even need the real character. All you got to All right, so there you go. There's our episode. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, at Dork Podcast, or you can uh, email us, dorkpodcast at gmail.com, what your thoughts were on The Punisher. If you have any other questions or comments, and maybe we can answer them in the in the next episode. Um, let's get on to it. Pick of the bomb. Pick of the bomb. Pick of the bomb. Pick of the bomb. All right, Ryan, kick or receive? I will kick this week. All right, I will receive. This is a little presumptuous because this is not out yet. Here's my here's my thought. There's a lot of uh, trailer breakdowns out there on the internet streets, specifically the YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. We do here and there things with it. I think I might attempt. It could be horrible. could be trash. I think I might take the Avengers Infinity War trailer and try to do my own breakdown. What I'm you, into it. Do what do you think of that? Do it. I don't know how it's going to go, but uh, if, if we do have it, you can subscribe. YouTube.com slash dorkpodcast. We'll tweet it out. Uh, you can make fun of me, whatever you want to do. I think I'm going to attempt to do one of those. Hopefully I can find an Easter egg or two because I know that's what people are into. But that's, gonna, that's what I'm going to do. What, what's your pick? Uh, my pick of the podcast is a movie uh, on Netflix right now. I'm a big Netflix guy. Um, it's called Jim and Andy, The Great Beyond. Ooh. Now, what this is, it's a documentary about the filming of the Jim Carrey movie Man on the Moon, where he played Andy Kaufman. Oh, right, right, right. And there's this whole – there are these stories that you've heard of Jim Carrey when he was filming this movie – he went like full Jared Leto, like he yeah, thought he so was method. Andy. He thought he was Andy Kaufman, and would, you know he would show up as like Tony Clifton, who was like Andy Kaufman's alter ego and like really obnoxious, and like he would do this on set, and there's all these crazy stories about it. And what you find is that most of them are true, and you it's sad and fascinating at the same time to just see how far gone like Jim Carrey is. Now. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering like, do you end up, do you feel bad for him? Do you laugh at him? Do you appreciate it? Is it it's some like, combination? I honestly, and this is, this might be a bit of a hot take for me, but like he, I think he suffers from like that genius syndrome where oh. like you don't, you don't think that like anyone like understands, like he's just on another planet Yeah, okay. in terms of like how he thinks and you know what he thinks about. Um, and it's like it's kind of fascinating to. I love documentaries about like really you. You go like more serial killer. I go like more like <laughs> just like weird people. Yeah, you know, because I'm fascinated by like. I'll give that a watch. Brain, then. I was wondering, because yeah. I'm like, I didn't really. I wasn't an Andy Kaufman guy before my time. I didn't really go back and watch any of his stuff. I was and like the stuff that I did see, I wasn't like, oh, I got to see more. But I do like Jim Carrey, so maybe I'll I'll give that a go. Yeah, and it's just it's fascinating to see his take on it and just. And Spike Jones produced it, and I'm a huge Spike Jones fan. Oh, that's so that's you know it's gonna be pretty good. Oh, so that yeah. actually leads into the last thing. So next week we had a whole bunch of episodes lined up, whether it was Rhode Island Comic Con or Thor or Stranger Things or Justice League and now Punisher. Before the Last Jedi, we have a couple of open weeks, and so I tweeted it out there, and I apologize, I forget exactly who it was, but you know how we've done episodes on. Uh, Certain like we Quentin Tarantino movies or uh, Stephen King movies or I think we did a we did an actor right we did an actor or two I think but anyway what about Denzel Washington movies or oh I was thinking Brad Pitt movies or Jim Carrey movies even we could do 
Or the other idea, which sort of spawns off of that, would be an actor draft. And not that we'd want to step on the toes of the Mac and Goo podcast with their drafts, but the idea that you draft an actor and then you get their catalog of movies. And then at the end of it, we each pick like four. And then at the end, you see who has the better movie collection. That's not bad. I don't, I don't hate that one. Or you could get into just more in-depth and go through Denzel movies. So email us, tweet us, let us know what you think. We'll think about it next week. We'll, we'll surprise you, I guess, with something. How's that? We'll come at you. Well, maybe it's a surprise episode with somebody. We'll come know? at you real hard in the paint is what we plan on yep. doing. All right, at Dork Podcast on the Twitter, dorkpodcast at gmail.com, youtube.com slash dorkpodcast. You can uh, check us out on the iTunes. Please leave us a, uh, a review. You can subscribe. You can rate the podcast. It's all very nice. We're up to 100 uh, ratings, which is very sweet. So thank you for that. Keep on uh, pouring them in. And you know what? Tell a dork. Tell a friend. Let's do, you, you might as well say, hey, you like podcasts? I think you might like this podcast. Wouldn't, wouldn't kill you to do that, I don't think. No, you know? we're a word of mouth. We're a grassroots campaign. We could be. We right? are very word of mouth, I would yeah. I would like to say so. And, Ryan, where can the people follow you? At D on any social media, really. Or, um, you know, just uh, I might, I'm trying to stream. I'm trying to twitch. I, I got two kids. I'm working it out. Nice. Give me a break. No, I, well, all right. Well, last thing, I guess, before we, we go, you usually like to leave us with a, an important message, uh, generally yeah. a safety tip of some sort. And I think if we apply all of these things that you have said along the way, it's only going to lead to happier and healthier lives. Okay, so I got one for you, Richard, because this happened to me the other day. And uh, I, I wasn't thinking of doing this until you brought it up, so I'm glad you did. So I go to my pantry, as I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on Thanksgiving break from my school, and you know I'm trying to make my girls lunch. And I go in there, and I'm reaching around to you know find a can of something, and I notice that one of my cans is dented. Come on. Now, what you're going to want to do, people, is you're going to want to go into that pantry. You're going to want to go into your galley kitchen or whatever you have and just check those cans out. You know what's a real thing, Richard? What's that? Botulism. No. You're going to watch out for the cans because the cans will get you. If they're damaged, if, the, if you know, the, the freshness seal is popped on something, just go ahead and just throw that out. You think the I content be, is ruined at that point? I don't want to risk it, and I don't want you to risk it. All right. Yeah, especially if you have kids. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Ryan. No problem.